Hello and welcome, my friends, to the Fantasy Hot Read Podcast, brought to you by the FantasyHotRead.com. I'll be your host, Tyler Orjinski, and with me is the lead fantasy analyst at the Fantasy Hot Read, Dominic Petrillo. How's it going, Dominic? You know, it's still good. Normally, you know, the guys know that Adam and Andy are usually here. They'll be back, you know, next week for probably most of the season. But, you know, they're getting old now, so it takes them a while to get into the swing of things. So they had to call in the young guns to handle the first uh, week of the year. Here we are, ready to throw it down, Dom. But before we jump into our week one preview, there has been one game, if we want to call it a game. It was the uh, Chicago Bears and the Packers. They played last night. Uh, we're recording out here on Friday. And I think it was we're celebrating the 100th year of the NFL. And I think to celebrate that 100th year, they decided to replicate the game in a score from 1920, Dom. Yeah, uh, just about. I mean, I don't. They usually say that the you know the fifth preseason game is the one like the the Falcons and the Broncos played the Hall of Fame game. I don't. I think this may have been the fifth preseason game for these two teams. Yeah, it was a a pretty pathetic showing from the offenses. I mean, if you hold Aaron Rodgers to what two hundred yards on a touchdown and don't win, I mean that's that's just that's unacceptable. I mean, the Bears defense came out and played. They did their thing, but I really wanted to talk about Mitch Trubisky. A lot of people expected him to take a leap forward this year, and he was one of the more popular MVP picks, not because people thought he was MVP, but there were such good odds on him. But man, Dom, this Mitch Trubisky was looking real poor. I, I mean, the guy was throwing erratically, wasn't making good decisions, didn't really decide to, uh, I guess, make good decisions, but like his, his first read wasn't there and he was just completely lost. It was a pretty poor showing by Mitch Trubisky. And, you know, this Bears team looks like they're ready to contend for a Super Bowl outside of the quarterback position. Yeah, I think I was actually just listening to Chris Rabine on his podcast before we came on here. And he was saying what I kind of think, and I think a lot of people are going to realize it as well, is that Trubisky is great in the first quarter when he has the scripted plays. Uh, but when it gets to the second and third quarter and he has to ad lib, he actually has one of the... Uh, he's in the bottom third of the league in passer rating last year. He was at 100 in the first quarter. In the second and third quarter, he was at 85 and 87 passer rating. And then in the fourth quarter, he was back up to 95, which was 17th in the league. So it just shows that when he has a play script for him, he knows exactly what he's doing, then he can be all right. And the other thing that you have to think about here is that the Bears were so awful in 2017 that they had a very very easy schedule last year and they got very lucky with injuries so they didn't really have to worry about injuries now since they they were the division winner last year they're going to have a much harder schedule this year and i think they are that they are probably going to be maybe a seven or an eight win team this year i don't have them going to the playoffs i do think this is green bay's division and i was glad to see green bay come out strong yesterday we know what their offense can do their defense was outstanding yesterday with mike Petton from you know my old school north penn high school so it was great to see them do things there. It was nice to see Darnell Savage and uh, Amos in the in the secondary take over, and you know we'll have to see what happens going forward. They have some good challenges coming up here against you know the Eagles and everything, but at least they have five of their next six games at home. Yeah. So the, real quick, the biggest fantasy takeaways, at least from the Bears side, was you know anyone who was getting Allen Robinson around that you know six seven round range, which I saw him going, looks like they got themselves quite a steal. He seems to really be primed to put himself in and be a, a rock solid wide receiver two this season. Yeah, he definitely looks like he is. You know, Tyler Gabriel looked half decent last night as well, but the, you know. Allen Robinson, he had seven for 102 last night. Obviously, he didn't have a touchdown because nobody did. But, you know, he could have easily had, you know, 200 yards if he didn't have some, you know, missed throws and everything like that. But he he looked good in what he could have done, what he did last night. Like I said, with the seven for 102. So would have gotten you 17 points if you had started him. 
although I got him in the 11th round of my last draft. I didn't actually have him in my starting lineup. I had him on the bench, but that's all right. And then let's talk about the, the running back situation. I know there's a lot of hype around Montgomery, um, and it seemed to be a pretty serious running back by committee. What's your take on this uh, outlook for the running backs on the Bears? I think they'll realize that, you know, that Dave Montgomery is the best running back here, even though he didn't get a whole lot of run last night. He only got six carries last night. He was still half decent. You know, Mike Davis didn't really do anything to make you happy or anything. He had six, he had six receptions for 17 yards, which isn't great. Obviously, it looks like, you know, Tara Cohen isn't really going to be a threat out of the backfield. He played in the slot last night, so we're not going to have to worry about him. So it's going to be pretty much Mike Davis and Montgomery, and I think sooner Sooner rather than later, they'll realize that Montgomery is the better back. And probably next week, I think you can expect a big game from Montgomery. I was a little bit disappointed to see the Anthony Miller involvement. You know, I really expected him to take that Taylor Gabriel role. And I know it's only one week and I don't want to overreact too much. But if Freak Cohen's going to play in the slot, Anthony Miller might kind of see might see himself as the odd man out here. Yeah, he had those six shoulder separations last year where he kept having to get it put back in place and stuff. And I think they're bringing him on slowly this year. Uh, they, I know I was, again, listening to a couple podcasts earlier. They said that out of 69 offensive snaps for the Bears, uh, Allen Robinson played 66 of them. I think Tyler Gabriel played uh, like 56 of them. And, you know, Anthony Miller played 11. <laughs> so, oh. you know, he definitely wasn't on the field that, you know, so we'll ha- hopefully he gets back up there in the next couple of weeks if, he's going to be the breakout that a lot of people think he will be this year. Otherwise people are going to be very disappointed where they took him in the draft. And then moving to the Packers side of things, you know, I, I'm not ready to discount what we saw on offense just because I think, you know, the bears really didn't miss a beat from what they did last year. They're one of the most elite defenses. Aaron Rodgers is who he is. You know, Jimmy Graham's likely going to have that red zone involvement and it's going to be hit or miss if he scores a touchdown or not. The big piece to me, that really that was like the biggest takeaway was the fact that it really seemed like um, MVS is the wide receiver two on that team. Oh yeah, and I expected that all. Also, I know a lot of people were worried whether it was going to be John Allison or MVS. It is going to be MVS. He was actually the wide receiver one last night. Uh, there were no games last year where Devontae Adams didn't have less than 80 yards or have a touchdown. Last night, he didn't have a touchdown. and only had 20 yards. So, obviously, that he already started off bad this year. But Geronimo Allison last night had zero catches for zero yards and zero touchdowns on zero targets. So, it's hard to have anything when you have zero targets. So, it, it was definitely MBS's night last night, and I think that should go forward. They were trying to get him. They were getting him some work in the rush game as well. So, they, they really like him there in in green bay and one of the pieces that i thought was interesting even though aaron jones did not have a good night the one thing that jamal williams has on aaron jones is his pass blocking ability and there's one thing that the the packers needed to do last night that was pass block so i think that was the big reason we saw that split in jamal williams's favor i wouldn't be very concerned with aaron jones moving forward but I think, you know, there was some people out there that thought this was going to be Aaron Jones's backfield. I think there's still going to be a bit of a split regardless. Yeah, it'll it'll still be a split. I think, as you said, they needed against that Bears defense. They needed to have the pass blocker in there. That's why he was in there for 40 percent of the snaps last night. I think on a on a general week, it'll probably be 70, 30 or so. So I, and, you know, that's how most backfields are. So I don't think you have to worry about that with Aaron Jones going forward. As you said, last night was kind of a mirage and maybe when they play you know, good defenses again, like when they play the Bears again, it may happen again, but in other games where they don't have to worry about the pass rush quite so much, I think it'll it'll be more of a in favor of Jones. 
Bears Packers. Let's move on to the games that are coming this weekend. Let's get this week one preview underway. First game I want to talk about is going to be the Atlanta Falcons versus the Minnesota Vikings. What are the big things to look for with the Falcon side of things? Well, we have to look to see if Julio Jones is going to be there. It looks like he will be there. He just says he's a little sore. Uh, They want to get a contract done for him before the game, and I'm sure they will. And even if they don't, he's going to play. Uh, He's going to go up against Xavier Rhodes, who is has the illusion of being an elite cornerback, but he really wasn't last year. So I think, and even if he is, I think Jones can outduel him. So you're gonna, you're definitely gonna play Jones. You're gonna play Freeman and see how he can do. He should be back and healthy. I do like Matt Ryan here as well, especially if he's going to be throwing to Jones. Uh, obviously, you're not going to play Edo Smith or Brian Hill or anything. I think you should be you should temper your expectations if you're going to play uh, Calvin Ridley. But you can start up the big three here in in Ryan, you know, Jones and Freeman, and hopefully that offensive line that didn't look that good in the preseason can actually find themselves in this first game and keep a pocket for for Matt Ryan so he can get the ball out to Jones. Yeah, I mean, it, it's Minnesota defense. They're likely going to be top 10, probably even top five. So you got to temper your expectations with Ryan, Freeman, and Julio, but you're not going to bench those guys. So, you know, I think you still start Calvin Ridley. I think Sanu is probably a bench at this point in time, but I think Hooper might be a solid play, though, as well. I think they might end up having to dump off Tim a little bit. So Hooper's probably going to be a solid. I have him, I think, ranked as my tight end 11 this week, and I think that's actually kind of a spot where he might find himself most of the year. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. And, you know, when we're talking about Minnesota, I actually really like Kirk Cousins this this week, you know, going against that Atlanta defense that we know had a lot of injuries last year and they're all coming back. Uh, obviously, Atlanta is terrible against pass catching running backs. So you love Dalvin Cook this week. He's probably going to be a top five player running back this week for anybody. And, you know, you can start either of the two wide receivers here. I think I would probably prefer feeling to Diggs a little bit, especially if this hamstring for Diggs keeps flaring up. Uh I'm not real. I would rather start Hooper than I would, you know, uh, Kyle Rudolph in this game. But I do really love Kirk Cousins this game. We don't have to worry about it. It's not a primetime game, so he's not going to wilt like a flower. It's a one o'clock game, so he should be good. And I think he's going to come out firing this game. Yeah, Devil Cook's in a smash spot. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him finish in the top five. You're starting Thielen. You're starting Diggs if he's active. You're starting Cousins. You know, the one thing I'm really looking forward to, though, is when Stefanski took over at the end of last season, they really had a propensity to run the ball. So it seems like a team that's going to be committed to run, which would not be in favor of Thielen and Diggs. But it was also a pretty small sample size. So I'm really looking forward to see, you know, is this team going to come out the gate saying, hey, we're a run team. This is what we're going to do. Or are they going to be somewhere in the middle? So that's something I'll be looking for to seeing yeah i definitely you know they did go down quite a bit from the pass to run ratio or switching it over to almost to the run to pass equal equal after he came in there but as you said and like i said earlier with the atlanta defense they're known for giving up a lot through the air so i think they may throw a little bit more than you would you might expect them to even if it is to dalvin cook in this game Let's move along to the redskins and eagles game um talk to me about all this fantasy goodness on the redskins Tom. Who are you starting? All of them? Absolutely. You can start Trent Williams. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, I don't know. They just brought in who was a uh, Donnell Penn to replace him <laughs> at left tackle. Uh, you know, oh you can start. God. You can start Jordan Reed if he actually plays. You know, with his you know no toes and half a head. You know, start Trey Quinn. You know, start Josh Doxson. You can start whoever else they have. Now, I wouldn't start anybody on this team. This is the biggest mismatch of the week they're at plus 10 and a half right now it's gone up from seven and a half to ten and a half everybody's on the eagles here uh if you have a survivor pool pick i would take either the eagles or seattle this week those are the i think the two best bets just washington's terrible 
And uh, I was actually talking to somebody today, and they said they can't wait to see after this game, after he gets lit up five or six times, if Case Keenum goes into the press conference after the game and pulls an Andrew Luck and just retires. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not starting anybody. I think they're, you know, if you're in a position where things haven't really gone in your favor in the draft, like Chris Thompson might not be a bad flex start this week in PPR leagues. Like, I really think they're going to be behind early and often, and they're going to be throwing that ball. So I think Chris Thompson might provide a little bit of value in the flex spot this week, but that's about it for me. Yeah, I have Philadelphia as a top two or three defense this week, and they're ex- excellent against the run, so I don't think you really want to start. I mean, Darius Geis may end up as a running back two, but I don't think you really want to start him against this Eagles defense. That just looks like they're going to light people up. Obviously, for the Eagles, you're going to start Carson Wentz. I know you're going to be a little bit nervous, you know, because we don't know how he's going to come back after last year, but usually it's the second year back from an ACL that they really get their stride back, as we saw with Allen Robinson last night. It was playing good. I think Carson Wentz can do the same thing here, and it is against the Washington defense, who has – Josh Norman, who's kind of over the hill at this point. I know, he again, he still has the illusion of an elite cornerback, but he's not really at that point anymore. Uh, as long as Alshon Jeffrey's bicep is good, you can you can definitely start him here. I don't know about Nelson Aguilar, though you could start him. Obviously, you're going to start uh, Zach Ertz. Uh, for the running backs, although as I love Miles Sanders for later this year, I think we saw with David uh, – Montgomery last night, how the rookies don't always get what you expect them to in the first week. Doug Peterson did say that he wants it to be a committee back. And if this team fires like we think they're going to and gets up, the second half might be all Jordan Howard all the time. So I think if you're going to start one of these two, it would be Jordan Howard. But I wouldn't start him as your one. I would hope to start him as your flex, but at best, maybe your RB2. Yeah, for Philadelphia, go ahead and fire up your guys. You're starting Wentz. Starting Ertz, starting Alshon. I think you start Deshaun Jackson. He's got the revenge game narrative going for him. I'm not, I probably wouldn't look to start either one of those running backs. I mean, if I had to, I wouldn't be upset about it, but I definitely want to see how things play out with Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard. I mean, Sproles is still going to get his. I think they kept Corey Clement on the roster. I wouldn't be shocked to see him in some kind of role with maybe just four to six touches. So I really am going to be monitoring what this backfield looks like. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to see what's going on here. Like we have to, like I said, if if you want to start one of these, if you have to start one, it would be Howard, in my opinion, at least just for this week. But uh, I agree with you. Like I said, I wouldn't want to start any of them at as anything more than a flex. Let's move along to the Buffalo Bills and New York Jets. Any of the Buffalo Bills excite you? I think uh, you know Josh Allen can do something here. We'll have to see again with the with the rookies. We don't want to start Singletary in this game. I do think he's going to take over that backfield, but. For this week, we don't really know what's going to happen. I don't really think you want to start any of the pass catchers here. I mean, John John Brown could do something because this Jets secondary is atrocious. I think I could cover people better than some of the people in the secondary. Uh, with that said, though, we have to see what Josh Allen can do. I do think even if he doesn't approve on his accuracy this week, he is still going to have that rushing ability there. So I do like Josh Allen as a you know a low end quarterback one, high end quarterback two, somewhere you know somewhere between the ten to fifteen range this week. So if you need to start him, you can, but I'd rather have somebody else like Kirk Cousins in the Minnesota game or, you know, obviously Carson Wentz, you're going to start him, but even Kirk Cousins, which you could have gotten probably after Josh Allen in a lot of drafts. If you have both of them or whatever, then you can, I would start Kirk Cousins over him, but I do think you can start Allen and at least think that you're going to get maybe 15 points, even if it's just based on his rushing. Yeah. With that said, I think, you know, John Brown's in a great spot this week. They signed him. Um, you know, to, to really be their lead guy, it seems. And whenever he's been healthy, he's been very successful in the league. I mean, he was on pace for over a thousand yards last year with Joe Flacco and Josh Allen, while not the most accurate 
is going to throw the ball deep, and John Brown's a great separator. So I think giving John Brown a shot in your flex is completely viable this week, and we see how that offense shakes out, particularly with those wide receivers. And then I'm also, again, interested to see how these running back room shakes out. I mean, everyone's really hyping up Singletary, but we know Frank Gore is going to see 10 to 12 touches, almost guaranteed. And, you know, how much involvement is T.J. Eldon going to have in this past game? Yeah, they said they want to use them all. They have they all have different specialties. Obviously, I think Singletary can be the three-down back, but it's going to take a while. Uh, he was good in college as a three-down back, at least you know in his like sophomore year. And then each year after that, he actually went down a little bit in receptions. But we do know he has the chops there to do that. You know, Frank Gore can pretty much do everything, and we'll just you know we'll see what happens with him. See if his body holds up. Uh, Yeldon has had two out of his four seasons so far in the league, he has had two with over 50 receptions. So he can for sure be the third down back. So I'm sure he'll get some play there. And as you said, John Brown is going to be the deep guy there. I would rather start him. He's, you know, kind of in the same vein there as a Deshaun Jackson is from the Eagles. And I would probably rather start John Brown this week. You know, when it comes to the jets, I think Darnold is going to be a really good play. I do like Robbie Anderson. As long as he's healthy, I wouldn't start Quincy and Nunwa. I think that they loved him as the slot and they gave him a four-year contract, but then they also signed Jamison Crowder. It looks like Crowder is going to be the guy there. So if you're going to start somebody in the slot for some reason, if you have to, then it would be Crowder over in Nunwa. Uh, but I do really like Le'Veon Bell in this game. I do think that they are going to – they didn't play him in the preseason either. I do think they're going to ground and pound and see what they have in him. Uh, when they do, And obviously we know that he can catch the ball. He has over 90 receptions or 80 receptions almost every year of his career. So with that being said, I can see him – as much as I don't really like him and I had him, I believe, for like 15 or so in my I draft rankings, I do have him in the top eight this week. I do really like him going against this Bills, even though I do like the Bills defense as well. So it, it's kind of, you know, the you know, a movable force against the movable object. So we'll see what happens there. But I do like Le'Veon Bell. I, I can kind of see Sam Darnold, especially in two quarterback leagues. I'd rather start Josh Allen than Sam Darnold, but I would rather not start either of them. Yeah, for the Jets, you're firing up Robbie Anderson if he's healthy. I'm totally cool with Crowder as your wide receiver three or in your flex spot. Le'Veon Bell obviously is a must start. Darnold, like you mentioned, is a solid super flex start, but I wouldn't be looking to start him in one QB leagues. Let's move along to the Baltimore Ravens and the Miami Dolphins. I think this is going to be the lowest point total of the week, so they're not expecting a ton of fantasy goodness from this game. But what are you looking for from the Ravens side of things? I think this is going to be a lot of... Especially like if you're playing DFS, light up Mark Ingram the second he I know on DK he's at like fifty one hundred dollars, which is great value for him this week. Obviously the number the week one values aren't totally set in stone, so that's a really good price for you there. Uh, Lamar Jackson should have a great game rushing as well. The Miami Dolphins gave up the second most rush yards per game last year. They gave hundred and four gave up hundred and forty five yards per game last year to opposing offenses. That's just gonna happen again this week. I mean, you know how much I love Justice Hill, you know, as we talked about with uh, Elliot Christ, but I don't think that this is going to be the week for him. I just think that it's going to be the Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson show. I wouldn't start any of these uh, wide receivers. The defense on Miami is terrible, and they even just got rid of Kiko Alonso, who, even though he's not, he wasn't good, he was their best player on defense, and they got rid of him, sent him to the, the Saints. Uh, I wouldn't expect them to cover the spread here just because for some reason when whenever anybody goes down to Miami, it seems like they partied the night before and stuff, which was actually said by uh, what's a star on a podcast I was listening to that a lot of teams when they go down there, they party the night before and they think of it as like a vacation. So that's why you don't see a lot of teams cover the spread here. Uh, but I do think that Baltimore can still win this game. And if it's not Lamar Jackson or Mark Ingram, I really don't want to start anybody here unless in a deep, Tight, if you if you're streaming tight end, then you can start Mark Andrews, but I'd rather not. 
Yeah, I, I think you're avoiding all the pass catchers from the tight end and the wide receiver uh, positions on the Ravens. I mean, whoever the number one receiver is, maybe it's Miles Boykin. They're likely going to be tangled up with Xavier Howard. And if you mentioned there's one that's going to happen, it's going to be Mark Andrews. I'm not going to love the start, but I think you could do a lot worse. At least he has some of that big playability. And I honestly, I probably would go out on a limb and think about starting Justice Hill in the flex if you really need to. I, he's electric. He has some of the big playability. There's a chance they go up and they want to put Mark Ingram, like sit him down on the bench a little bit and maybe give, see what Justice Hill has in the real game. So, you know, I would tell you that Justice Hill isn't the worst, um, you know, as they say, what the heck flex. Let's go to the Dolphins. Um, so it's, it's not a good situation. It seems like they're tanking. Is there any Dolphins that interest you? Uh, no, if you if you want to take a bet with the Dolphins, I would take the Baltimore defense. Good enough, man. Let's move along to one of, the, in my opinion, one of the most exciting games um, on this slate, and that's going to be the San Francisco 49ers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Talk to me about the 49ers. I think you can start Jimmy G here if you need to, just and not because I think he's going to be a good play, but just because this Tampa Bay defense is just so atrocious that it's not even funny. Uh, they, they're going to give up a lot. I think you're you can start Pettis. I don't. I wouldn't want to start him as a wide, wide receiver one or a two. But if you have him as your wide receiver three, I think you can get away with it. Or even in, in the flex position, uh, I like I like Brita here as a as a possible flex as well. I would start Tevin Coleman as your running back two if you have him. I do think those three players are going to be good for you. And and obviously we don't have to talk, talk about George Kittle. You're just if you have him, then you know he's going to be in every week's start. Yeah, and I also think there's some flex value with Marquis Goodwin as well. I mean, I think he, in starts with Jimmy G, was averaging, I think, seven and a half or eight targets a game. And I think that might go down just a little bit, but he also has that big playability. And especially against a team like Tampa Bay, like when else would you be starting Marquis Goodwin? So if you want to flex Marquis Goodwin this week, see what he has. You know, feel free. I'm not advocating that's going to have a safe floor. He could end up with a zero, but he also has a big playability. And uh, that's never been more apparent, especially when he's healthy. Going to the Buccaneer side of things, I mean, this is this is going to be, uh, you know, when the rubber meets the road here, this is going to be a big one because everyone has been talking this team up. I mean, top five tight end, two top 24 wide receivers, you know, that puts Jameis Winston firmly in the top eight. Is that what we're going to see this week, Dom? Uh, well, yeah, I know a lot of people are saying that he's going to be top eight. I think I have him in the top 12 at uh, quarterback for the year. But I do like Jameis Winston this week. Again, the San Francisco defense is not much better than the Tampa Bay defense. Their secondary, I know they have Richard Sherman, but he's over the hill, and the rest of the secondary is terrible. Uh, you can light up. Obviously, you can start up uh, Mike Evans. He's a top five receiver for me this week. Uh, Bruce Arians said that Chris Godwin was going to be on the field. He was never coming off the field. And when Jameis Winston was on the field in preseason – you know, Chris Godwin was on every was on 100% of snaps with Jameis Winston, so he kept his word in the preseason. I think it's going to happen again this in the you know the regular season here. He's going to be. I do think they're both going to be top 20 receivers this week. I'm not as big on OJ Howard as everybody else is. I don't have him way down, but I do have him at like number six or number seven. I don't know about him this week. Obviously, you're going to start Kittle over him for sure. But if you have if you have like a Mark Andrews, then I, yeah, I would definitely start. OJ Howard over him and it seems like especially earlier in the year you don't want to bet against Florida teams at home because it is so hot and humid down there San Francisco is obviously not used to that so it is they are going to be drained so I do like Tampa Bay to win this game and I do think that they're going to have a, a lot of great for the obviously for the running backs here 
Uh, you don't really want to start anybody if you can if you can help it. I don't. I liked Ronald Jones last year. Obviously, that didn't work out for me. I don't like him this year. I do like Peyton Barber, but only because I think he's better than Ronald Jones. We'll have to talk about their other guy who I can't even pronounce his last name. So I'll just say Double Dare. You know, a lot of people are loving him, but I don't want to use him in Week One. So as for the backfield, I would stay away from it. Uh, as for the receivers and the quarterback, I think you could you could start Godwin or Mike Evans, or in my case, where I have to because I forgot to switch him out with you know, Allen Robinson, both of them. Dare Ngumbawale. And, uh, yeah, I'm not starting any of those running backs, but, you know, I'm monitoring it just like I have been a lot of these other backfields because if he's going to be the guy there in passing situations, he could return some pretty serious value. So if you're uh, one of those folks that looks at your waiver wire and Dare Ngumbawale sitting there, I would recommend picking him up and just seeing what ha- seeing what happens. Yeah, it sounds like your denture slipped there for a minute. It's a tough name, man. I'm trying my best. <laughs> Let's move along to the Kansas City Chiefs, Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, you're liking a lot of these Chiefs. Is any of the matchups sticking out to you? I'm hoping that Patrick Mahomes has a great you know, game because I do have a bet on him to have at least three touchdown passes in this game, and I do have him on one of my teams. So I, I do like him in this game. I know that the Jaguars' pass defense is great. I know that Tariq Hill is going to go up against Jalen Ramsey, who held him to two catches for 20 yards last year. So I don't really like... Tyree kill, but I, it only takes one play for him to get away. So if he can do that, I do have him still in the top 10 in receivers, but just in the top 10 this week. Uh, I think I know AJ Bouye is pretty much just as good as Ramsey. Uh, but if they're going to be covering Tyree kill like that, then you're going to, they're going to have to go somewhere. So I think Watkins could be a beneficiary of that as well. Uh, I'm not sure what to expect from this, you know, run offense. You have to, obviously you're probably going to start Williams. If you have him, he's probably he's not as high as everybody thought he was in the top five or six, but he's probably in the top 24 still. Uh, everybody thinks that LaShawn McCoy just got here, so he's not going to know anything. But he was with Andy Reid for so long in Philadelphia, he knows this offense like the back of his hand. So you don't have to worry about him having a break-in period. Uh, I think that you can have – he's probably like a high-end wide receiver – or excuse me, running back three. And Damian Williams is a mid-level to low-end wide running back two. And obviously you're not going to go anywhere near this defense. But – Patrick Mahomes is still going to be the, you know, somewhere in the number one to number three quarterback this week. Yeah, I think uh, I, I agree with everything you say. So I'm going to move along to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, and obviously in, start Travis Kelsey. Yes, of course. <laughs> Do we need to say that? If people aren't starting Travis Kelsey, I'm, I'm not sure what you're doing playing fantasy football at this point. The Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, the, while the Kansas City Chiefs offense has, has been a force to be reckoned with, while the, I, I agree their defense has likely improved with some key additions, I still think that you're starting your players against the Kansas City defense. So, you know, I do think that, you know, Nick Foles um, has the ability to finish in, the, like, the top 15. Ideally, you're not starting Nick Foles, but, you know, this is a week I would kind of like to see what he does. I think Fournette's an automatic start. You drafted him to start. He's going to probably get the volume there. And then one of the guys I've kind of been coming around to is D.D. Westbrook. He's getting a ton of hype, so it's it's not much of a secret at this point. But he could very well soak in those slot targets from Nick Foles. But beyond those three players, and not really even Foles, so beyond Fournette and D.D. Westbrook, I'm not really starting much else. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I if you were started, you know, if, if it were like the game we were talking about earlier, I would rather start Josh Allen over Nick Foles, but I would probably start Nick Foles over Sam Darnold. Uh, you know, so it's he's in that kind of range for me, somewhere between like say 15 and 20. Uh, if you're streaming, you can do a lot worse than Nick Foles, but I wouldn't count on him for a lot. Although I do think that you don't want to count a whole lot on 
Leonard Fournette this week either because obviously we know that the Chiefs probably have the number one offense in the league, so they are going to be throwing, and they put up 31 points against the Jaguars last year, so if, if the Jaguars want to keep up with them this year, they're going to have to pass the ball, and that really kind of takes Fournette out. I think that he's still going to get probably 15 carries. He's not going to get the 20 to 25 like they wanted to have, though. Uh, you know, Nick Foles last year in Philadelphia in throws where he did not go to Zach Ertz. He's threw 40% of his passes to the slot. D.D. Westbrook played 91% of his uh, snaps in the slot last year, so that is going to be the guy that he goes to. Uh, so if you are going to do a stack of any sort, it would be D.D. Westbrook is the receiver you want to have there. But like you said, if it's it's going to be D.D. Westbrook and you know Leonard Fournette, and that's pretty much it. And just temper what you're going to do with Leonard Fournette. He's probably going to finish in right around the same areas, a low low end running back two or mid-level running back two as like a Damian Williams. You see, I got London Fournette at running back nine this week. I, I would disagree with you on that fact because, you know, while I agree that the, the Jaguars will be in passing situations, I don't really see Raquel Armstead coming in as the passing down back. See, you know, I think Fournette's proven that he's um, serviceable in the passing game, and I think he, he actually might surprise some people and catch like five or six balls this week. Yeah, Raquel Armstead is basically the is basically the same thing as Leonard Fournette. He's the same type of receiver, same body and everything, or running back. So, yeah, I don't see him coming in as a receiving back either. So we'll just have to – hopefully if he is able to actually catch the ball, then, yeah, he is going to – he'll be up in that top 10. But if he – you know, if he's like he has been in the past couple of years where they try to get him the ball and they just can't, then he's probably going to finish somewhere around 15 or so. We're looking for his involvement in the pass game. I think it will say a lot to what Fournette will finish this year. Let's move to the Tennessee Titans and the Cleveland Browns. Everyone's excited to see the Cleveland Browns this year. What are we looking like on the Brown side of things, Dom? I think you can start everybody up. I think Odell Beckham's going to be a top seven or eight receiver this week, even though he, you know, they they said his hips not really feeling that well. But Freddie Kitchens did come out and sit today and say that he was going to play and he was feeling good. Uh, Jarvis Landry, I think I have him as a high end wide receiver three right now. He have him about twenty seven or twenty eight, so you can start him, but I wouldn't start him as your wide receiver one or two. Um, a little concerned about David Njoku, so I'm not sure about him. But, I mean, if you need a tight end, again, he's in the same range with all these other middling tight ends that you have other than the, you know, top three to five. So he's right in you know, the same range with Mark Andrews, things like that. And I do have Baker Mayfield, I believe, is my quarterback uh, three or four right now for the week. So I would start him up if you have him either, even over somebody like, you know, Kirk Cousins. The only players I believe I have in front of him right now are possibly Deshaun Watson, who I may even have lower than him. Uh, Drew Brees, I really like this week. And then obviously I have uh, Mahomes and Wentz, I believe I have it one at two. Yeah, the Browns, I mean, you're firing up Mayfield, you're firing up Chubb, you're firing up OBJ, you're probably starting Joku, you're going to start Jarvis Landry. I mean, I'm, I'm not very high on Jarvis Landry this year, but I'm, you know, he's going to probably finish wide receiver three. The one thing I will be looking for, though, is the involvement of Rashad Higgins, Hollywood Higgins, as they say. There's been a ton of talk about him having a lot of chemistry with Baker Mayfield um, in the in the offseason and preseason and whatnot. So, you know, he is a guy that I'm going to be monitoring closely to see what his snap count and targets are. Yeah, for sure. And, and then the Tennessee Titans, you know, I, I really am not interested in much. I mean, the Cleveland Browns defense is probably going to be pretty good, but regardless, it's still not really a situation I'm looking at. I mean, you're starting Derrick Henry because he drafted to start him. You can probably start Corey Davis around that wide receiver three area flex. You can start Delaney Walker. He's probably going to get you like a four catch for 50 yard line. But, you know, besides that, I'm staying away. Yeah, I would probably start. You know, I would start Delaney Walker over David Njoku because we know that 
Marcus Mariota loves him. He has before last year. You know, he finished in the top seven for the three previous years before that at the tight end position. Uh, we know that he is the safety blanket. Uh, we'll have to see what happens with Deion Lewis. I would stay away from him this week and just see what the involvement is of Derrick Henry. Obviously, he's not a pass catcher. So if they do get down big, which they could in this game, if the Cleveland offense is everything we think it's going to be, uh, then it is going to be a Deion Lewis game. But until that happens, it is You know, we'll have to look at Derrick Henry. I believe I have him right around 15 this week as well, just because I'm not sh- sure how the game script is going to go. And if they do get down, that he's going to kind of be phased out. Uh, but one sleeper that I do like here, and because he is the short uh, short receiver guy along with Delaney Walker, and I loved him last year, and I, you know, maybe I'm going down on the ship, but I do like Adam Humphreys as a wide receiver three or a flex play this week as well. All right. Let's move ourselves along to the L.A. Rams and the Carolina Panthers. Probably, I'm expecting a lot of offense from this game. What are we looking at from the Rams side of things? I think they already said that you know Todd Gurley uh, is not going to be on a pitch count this week, although they said that last year and then they didn't play him. So we'll see what happens there with McVay. Obviously, the, the new limited quarterback, Jared Goff, you, you can start him against this you know uh, Panthers defense that was decent last year, but they weren't great, and they're, I don't think they're going to be good uh, this year either. Uh, obviously, it's an early game on the East Coast for the Rams, so it's going to be a little tough for them. But I still think that you can safely start any three of these uh, wide receivers. I do like Cooper Cup just being in the slot guy, and I've, I've loved him for the since he came in as a rookie. So I do like him, but I do think that uh, Robert Woods is probably my highest ranked receiver this week out of the three of them. But they are all very close. I believe I have him at like you know anywhere between 13 and 18, and I have all three of them. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. You're starting all three wide receivers. You're starting Gurley. You're starting Goff. You're staying away from the tight ends. I think Higby just got a big extension, so to even convolute things even further. And then, you know, I, I think you're you're monitoring the usage with Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown, but you're not starting any of those guys whatsoever. Moving along to the Panther side of things, obviously, if it sounds like Cam's good to go, you're going to want to fire him up. Um, CMC. You don't listen to this podcast to, for us to tell you to start that guy. You do that. You know, DJ Moore is going to be a top 24 option. I think Curtis Samuel is a top 36 option. And I really like Greg Olson. I mean, if you drafted Greg Olson, he's healthy. So you probably are starting him as a low-end tight end one. Probably not looking at much beyond that. No, definitely not. I mean, we know that Cam Cam loves Olsen. And we know that as long as Olsen's health, healthy, that he's going to be on the field and he's going to be good so yeah you can start them if you had like you said if you have Olsen you can start him I would start the two receivers as well like you said and obviously you're gonna if you have them you probably didn't draft Cam and another quarterback so you're gonna start Cam and then you're gonna start CMC unless you're you know purposely losing or something let's move along to the Detroit Lions and Arizona Cardinals I think there's gonna be a lot of eyes watching this game not for my Detroit Lions but to see what this offense looks like from the Arizona Cardinals side of things Tom what are you expecting the Cardinals to do this game uh honestly I don't know what they're gonna do we have, we didn't see anything from them in the preseason but they said that they were holding everything back so we'll have to see what is truly the case if they were actually holding it back or if they actually just are that bad and Kyler Murray's not as good as we thought he was uh, I would stay away from Kyler Murray this week, although I think there are going to be a lot of people who play him. And in a DFS, he may be a good low-end play just to save some m- money for other positions. Uh, I'm still a believer in Larry Fitzgerald this year over Christian Kirk because he is going to be the slot receiver guy. And if he does get in trouble and have to roll out and everything, it's good. he's going to get a lot of passes to Fitzgerald. I think he could 
uh, easily compete for the lead in receptions again this year in the league. Uh, so if you're going to start any receiver, I believe it, it's going to be Larry Fitzgerald. You're not going to start any tight ends here. They don't have, you know, Seals Jones anymore. They do have Charles Clay, but he didn't really do anything last year in Buffalo. So I'm not too sure what to expect from him. I think David Johnson and carry on Johnson, actually, I think both the Johnson, Johnson, Johnson boys you can start here is as running back, you know, five or six probably plays this week, you know, in the top five or six. And like I said, for Kyler Murray, I'd probably have him somewhere around the same area as like a Sam Darnold. Yeah. So from the Cardinal side of things, you know, their offensive line, not good. And Detroit's defense, if they have one strength, it's going to be that defensive line. They're already super strong last year. And then you're adding Trey Flowers and Mike Daniels to the mix. They've been known to shut down running quarterbacks. So I think you're sitting Kyler Murray um, just to see what happens. Obviously, you got to start David Johnson. You drafted him in the first round. I think you start Larry Fitzgerald as a wide receiver three. I ideally am not starting Christian Kirk. I really want to see what his uh, usage is going to be like because there's a lot of conversation about is he going to be a slot? Is he not? You know, they drafted a couple guys. They signed Crabtree. So I think the only really safe wide receiver you could start is Fitzgerald and really temper your expectations. He's probably got a safe floor, but not much of a ceiling. And, you know, like I said, you really just want to see what this Cardinals does. Like, what is Cliff Kingsbury and what is um, Kyler Murray going to do with two brand new guys to the NFL? So it's going to be exciting to see. And then from the Detroit side of things, like you said, on Johnson, probably in a bit, pretty big smash spot as long as uh, Patricia is not an idiot and actually gives his best running back the ball most of the time. Because like Arizona, just like Arizona's offensive line, their defense is pretty putrid, especially when you're looking at the, the two corners that are out this game. So it could be a good game game for the Detroit Lions from an offensive perspective and you know I, I know Stafford is is caught a lot of heat lately but I also think that he's in that like you know top 15 range as a low could finish as a low end quarterback one just because of the Arizona's defense situation and if you got Galladay you're firing him up and I actually think this is a pretty good week for Marvin Jones as well yeah I actually I like Marvin Jones just I'm not a big Galladay fan I do have Marvin Jones actually ranked higher on the higher on the year end this week slightly um like as you said, and like I said earlier, carry on Johnson, you're going to start him up. And Matthew Stafford, just as you said, uh, Peterson and their other starting cornerback, Peterson suspended for six games. Their other starting cornerback is on IR already. So they have nobody in the secondary to cover. Uh, so they could throw the ball quite a bit st with Stafford here, see if his back is really healthy and everything. And if, you know, Matt, Matt Patricia doesn't give, you know, carry on Johnson the rushes that he needs, somebody ought to take that pencil out of his hat and pull a joker from the dark night on him yeah it's um he needs to give care on the ball i really hope he does especially if it's a close game moving along to the Bengals and the seattle seahawks uh the Bengals offensive line is looking bad I, the only guys i have interest in on the cincinnati Bengals is joe mixon and tyler boyd i think you know boyd's likely going to finish in that mid-range wide receiver two status mixon can flirt with low-end running back one status but he's going to put you at least in the you know the top 20 but besides those two guys, I'm I'm benching all my Seattle. I'm sorry, all my Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I completely agree. As I said earlier, when we were talking about the Eagles, this is the other. This is the team that I have in you know my big survivor pool is Seattle. I just think they're going to light up this team. They're going to run the ball a lot, obviously with Chris Carson and maybe with Rashad Penny. But I really love Chris Carson in this game. I think he's in a in a great situation right now. Uh, Russell Wilson, I'm I'm a little down on just because all the all the running. Obviously, DK Metcalf's going to be back. They say he's at 100, percent but he has. He's basically a one-trick pony right now, and I don't know if they're going to 
be able to use him in this game. So I would sit him this week just to see what his usage really is. Uh, you and I both love love David more this offseason, but now he's hurt, so we'll have to see what happens when he comes back. Uh, Tyler Lockett's going to play in the slot, so I think if you're in a PPR league, he could be you know really good for you. He should he could be a top 18 receiver this week. I agree with you know Joe Mixon. I believe I have him at around 13 or 14 right now. I have Tyler Boyd at uh, I believe 22 or 23 somewhere around there. He just seems to play better when he's not the alpha, and unfortunately right now he is the alpha, so he's still going to be a wide receiver too. But I don't I don't expect him to have a top 10 week or anything. But yeah, as you said, for the Bengals, you don't really want to start anybody. I wouldn't even start Eifert, even though if you don't start him this week, you may not be able to start him at all this year. Uh, if you're going to take a, a really deep flyer on tight end and you're just like, especially on like a DraftKings, if you're just trying to save some money and just take a deep shot, uh, you can start Will Disley's like $2,900 on DraftKings. Uh, you know, I wouldn't, he's again, I wouldn't start him over somebody like Mark Andrews in season long, but if you're taking a deep shot or if you're streaming the position, you didn't draft one, he's definitely going to be on your waiver wire so you can pick him up and start him this week against the Bengals. We got the Colts. We got the Chargers. You know, the trajectory of the Colts has completely changed with the Andrew Luck retirement. You know, I, I don't really see his Brissett as being a start outside of, um, you know, two QB leagues. I think, you know, if you drafted Mac, you're likely starting the guy, but you really got to temper back those expectations. I think there is an argument to put Naheem Hines in a flex role. I think he's going to see a lot more users this year, considering the, you know, the Colts are likely not going to be as good without Andrew Luck in there. And I, you know, T.Y. Hilton's took a little bit of a hit, but you know, I, I still think you got to start him as at least a wide receiver three. He's got the big playability and I think Brissett's going to be targeting him early and often. And, you know, I, I think you got to start Ebron, but you know, personally I didn't draft any Ebron. I wouldn't be starting either one of the tight ends because they're probably going to end up splitting some snaps. And, you know, if they were one tight end together, that's great, but they're going to probably end up being cut and I don't cut in half. And I don't want to, uh, you know, make a decision between the two. What, what's your take on the Colts here? Yeah, for the Colts, I mean, again, as you said, I wouldn't start uh, Brissett this week. Um, I do kind of like him, I, and I, I know that when he was playing a couple years ago, T.Y. Hilton was the uh, wide receiver 27. I do think it's going to be better this year uh, because, as we know, Andrew Luck was injured all offseason, so he's been working with the first team all preseason. Uh, so it has, it's not like he came in a week before like he did last time. Him and T.Y. Hilton have been working a ton this offseason, so I think their connection is better. I wouldn't start any of the tight ends, as you said. I do have Marlon Mack in the, I believe, the 19 to 20 area at running back. I have T.Y. Hilton at about 16 or 17. And, you know, when it comes to the, I would, uh, their defense is solid, so it kind of does limit the Chargers a little bit, but the Chargers being at home, I think that it does help them, even though it's not really a home field advantage. Uh, Philip Rivers started the year last year with the most consecutive games of at least two passing touchdowns of any quarterback in the league last year. I think he's going to start off doing the same thing. So he's a good streaming start, uh, probably, you know, a low end quarterback, one high end quarterback, two. Uh, if you have one of the running backs, either Jackson or Eckler, I would start them as a running back two to flex play at best. I definitely don't want them as a one because neither of them are talented as Melvin Gordon. Maybe if they if you were able to get their numbers together. They would be a running back one, but I think separately they're, they're obviously just like a high end flex play at, you know, Hunter Henry. You can start him. He came back last year. I know this is his first year back from the ACL and we tend not to like people, but he did come back early and he was in there for the playoffs last year. So it's a little he's a little healthier than most people coming back from one year. And I do like Keenan Allen in this game. I, I just think that they're going to really target him heavy, especially with Marvin or excuse me. Yeah, with uh, Melvin Gordon not being there, he's going to get a lot of targets. And I think that Mike Williams isn't a volume play. He could get you a touchdown, but he's more of a wide receiver three play at best. 
Yeah, I mean, if you, you drafted Mike Williams, you got to start him. Um, there's a lot of people who had a lot of faith in him. I'm not one of those people, but he's in your lineups. You're you're likely putting in Eckler. I would start Justin Jackson in the flex. I still think he's going to have some value from a, a volume perspective, and you got to start Hunter Henry. Let's go to the Giants and the Cowboys. Cowboys got Zeke back. They said they're not going to hold him back. So, you know, Zeke's a smash play. Any other Dallas Cowboys you're particularly excited about? Uh, not really. I actually heard that they said they were only going to give him 20 to 25 snaps this week. But, you know, as they said, you never know if that's actually going to happen or not. Uh, but the last time he did miss the uh, preseason when he came in, uh, he did the first four weeks. He didn't have more than 17 carries. Uh, in each, any of the first four games. So if that's the case, they are going to work him in a little bit slowly. Uh, he's still going to be a top 10 play. He's just He may not be the top one, two, or three play this week. I would wait on that uh, for maybe next week against Washington when he should have another smash game. Uh, but I do think you're, you can start him. Uh, I wouldn't want to start Dak Prescott here, just I don't think that, you know, Amari Cooper, we know he has the plantar fasciitis, and they say he's healthy, but we don't really know. Uh, we don't know how Gallup's going to do in his second year. Uh, you're not going to start Witten. So on this Dallas team, I think it's either Ezekiel Elliott and maybe Dak Prescott, but that's all I'd really, you know, be comfortable starting. Giants. I mean, it, it, it's a pretty sad situation with Eli Manning. Obviously, you're starting Saquon Barkley. Um, I, I definitely think that if you drafted Evan Ingram, you got to be starting Evan Ingram. What's your thoughts on Sterling Shepard? I think you can start Sterling Shepard as a wide receiver three, maybe a flex play. Uh, obviously, like you said, you're going to start Saquon Barkley. He's in the top one or two for everybody this week. And I absolutely love uh, Evan Ingram this week. I think he's going to, you know, just he's going to have a monster game. This I think he's going to get probably 12 to 15 targets and could get, you know, 10 receptions for over 100 yards. Let's move to the Sunday night game. Um, it's going to be a heck of a game, actually. I'm really excited for this one. I think this this probably should have been the game that was on Thursday. But uh, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots. From the Steelers' side of things, I, I'm a big fan of B- Big Ben this week. You know, I think, you know, the New England Patriots are likely going to be scoring. So we're going to be seeing a lot of throwing out of Big Ben. You're starting James Conner. You're starting Juju. I'm excited to see the Moncrief-James Washington split to see what those targets and those snap counts look like. I'm not necessarily excited about starting Moncrief, who is, I think, the supposed starter at this point. But at the same time, I I really want to see how that breaks down. And I, I think you can employ Vance this week as an upside tight end. Yeah, I think that's you pretty much said it all for the Steelers. Um, if you have to start, if you're in like a 16-team league, you know, and you have to start a second player on Pittsburgh at wide receiver, I think it would be Moncrief at least for this week because I think he's just safer with what we're expecting than Washington. Now, Washington may have the bust-out game. We don't know. But I think, you know, going into the game, I think it, you have to go with Moncrief. As you said, you can start Vance McDonald as, you know, maybe a top top eight tight end play this week, and Big Ben should have a pretty good game as well. And obviously you're going to start Juju and Connor. You know, when it comes to the Steel, with when it comes to the Patriots, the Steelers' defense is actually pretty good, so I don't know. But Tom Brady tends to play very good early in the year, and then he kind of fades off at the end of the year. So you can start Tom Brady, but, again, he's more like a top 15 to top 18 play. He's not a top 10 play. Uh, you're obviously going to start Julian Edelman every week. I have him in the top 12. Uh, I think you have to temper your expectations with Josh Gordon, but I do have him in the top 30 right now. And other than that, we'll have to see what happens. But those are basically the three guys you can play. And then you can start uh, in this, if it is going to be a high-scoring game, I think you can get a lot out of uh, Sony Michelle as your running back two and possibly James White as your flex play. Yeah, I think there's going to be a little bit more value to uh, James White as I think this is going to be quite a high-scoring game. It looks like Vegas would agree. So I think Sony and James White are both viable here. 
Let's go to the first of two Monday night games. We're going to have the Texans Saints has one of the highest totals of the week. So they're expecting a lot of offense. What's your take on the Texans? Yeah, I think if I'm not mistaken, this is the highest. I believe it's a 53 and a half, which is, I believe it is the highest, but unfortunately for some reason on Monday nights, especially the first games of the year, they don't always go over. So you have to be careful taking the over or the under here Uh, with the Texans. You're going to start to Sean, you know, Watson, he's a top three quarterback play this week against this Saints defense who I, you know, I'm a Saints fan. I love the Saints, uh, but we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to see if that line can hold up now that they have Larry Tunsil there, if that helps him out with the left tackle, if he can get on the outside and maybe make some running plays. Uh, if he can, then he's going to have a much better week. Otherwise, he's probably going to finish as a top 8-10 to 10 quarterback if he doesn't get that rushing work because the Saints secondary is very good with Marcus Lattimore and even P.J. Wilson got or Williams got better. As we as the season moved on last year, they have Eli Apple there. We'll see actually if he can do anything coming over from the Giants halfway through last year. Uh, so when it comes to Deshaun Watson, you're going to start. You're obviously going to start Nuke. Uh, you can take a chance on Will Fuller uh, as long as he stays healthy. He should he should be very good for you stretching the field. And we'll have to see if Kiki Kuti plays. It's a possibility he does. It's a possibility he doesn't. So make sure you probably don't have him in your lineup. I would start somebody else if you have the opportunity to on Sunday just to make sure that you don't get stuck having nobody except him. And if he gets worked in uh, on the outside with the speed that he has, I think that you know between Stills and Fuller, they can stretch this field big time and open it up for Hopkins. Yeah, I don't think I'm starting stills this week, but I, I also, if you got room on your bench, you might be worth picking up and stashing just to see his involvement and seeing QT's health. And one of the guys I'm actually really excited about seeing is Duke Johnson. I actually got him ranked as my RB17 this week. You know, I think there's, he's going to get plenty of opportunity to, uh, you know, get the ball, and I think he's going to see a lot in the pass game as well. So I, I'm actually pretty high on Duke. Yeah, I do like Duke Johnson. He's he's obviously the leading rusher at the U over people like Frank Gore and Willis McGahee and everybody like that. So he is, a, you know, he's a good receiver and a, and a good running back. They just, he's never had the opportunity since he's become a pro. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. And I believe I have him somewhere around 20 or 22 in my rankings as well for this week. Let's talk about the Saints for a second. You know, it's, it's one of those things where I haven't been necessarily excited about starting Drew Brees just because there's been this run focus um, on the on the Saints and you know I personally have been telling people to, to actually bench Drew Brees this week even with the high over not that um, you know I think there's you know I'd start him over guys like Darnold Josh Allen Foles obviously but I got him outside my top 12 what do you think about that uh, this is one where you and I are going to disagree because I have him at I believe number 10 on the year so I'm actually down on him for the year uh, but for this week, I actually, I believe I have him at number four. I actually do really like him this week because although I have Alvin Kamara as my number one running back this week, I have Michael Thomas as number my number five receiver. Uh, Jared Cook is my six or seven tight end. And Latavius Murray I actually like this week as well because this is going to be a high-scoring game when it gets down on the goal line. Latavius Murray could get some play. So he's not going to get you, you know, 100 yards rushing or anything, but he could get you you know, four or five carries for 12 yards and like two touchdowns, which is still good as a flex play. Uh, like I said, Alvin Kamara's, uh, you know, just to fire him up, you know, running back one. I do like Drew Brees because I do think that whether it be through the running game, like you said, or through the short pass game, I do think that Drew Brees is going to get a lot of play in this game. So I do like him to go for 300 yards and uh, two or three touchdowns in this game. Any thoughts on Jared Cook? I do like Jared Cook. I haven't, like I said, I have him as my tight end six or seven right now, and he could get you uh, one of those touchdowns. I think it could be like Alvin Kamara might get a, a receiving touchdown. Uh, Michael Thomas might get one, and then Cook might get one. Any interest in uh, Ted Ginn or, uh, sorry, his name's blank, and uh, Traquan Smith? 
not not right now. I don't because we don't know uh, what's going to go on. We uh, the, obviously the secondary of Houston is is terrible. Uh, so we do we should like their receivers, but you don't know which one if it's going to be Smith or you know Ginn. So I would actually hold off on either of them this week and see what pans out, and then uh, try and take a shot on one of them next week. Let's go to the last game of week one. That's going to be the Denver Broncos and Oakland Raiders. You know, there's been a lot of uh, <laughs> news going on about the Oakland Raiders, but it appears that Antonio Brown will be playing in this game. So, I mean, I know with all the drama, there's a ton of stuff going on, but if he's active, I mean, you, you got to start Antonio Brown. He's, he's likely going to finish, uh, you know, at, at worst, a low-end wide receiver. T- I mean, a high-end wide receiver, too. You know, you're starting Josh Jacobs very likely just because he's going he's the volume play. You drafted him to be likely your RB2, if not your RB1. And I really like uh, Darren Waller this week. He, he's been hyped up a bit. He's a heck of an athlete. Um, and, you know, Greg Olson, the offensive coordinator there, has definitely had a propensity to throw to the tight end. We saw that last year with Jared Cook. So, you know, I, I think you could do a lot worse if you're streaming at the tight end position. Is there any other Oakland Raiders you're necessarily uh, interested in? Uh, no, I think that's, you know, that's pretty much covered all of it. I would have liked Tyrell Williams if, you know, Antonio Brown had decided to sit out. But, you know, he went up to John Gruden today, you know, said, I'm just here so I don't get fined. And John Gruden said, I understand. Knock on wood if you're with me. And, you know, they made up. They had a bro hug. And, you know, now everything seems to be all good. Let's uh, let's let's leave it with the, the last team here, the Denver Broncos. What are your thoughts, Tom? Uh, so I, I, I wouldn't want to start Joe Flacco here, obviously. I think you can start. You can probably start Philip Lindsay because I think at least in the first game he's going to get the majority of the run. Although I do like Royce Freeman as well. Um, I love Noah Fant, and I think you can start him up in this game. But I would rather start Darren Waller. And if you're going to start a receiver here, although he did uh, tear his Achilles last year, and it was amazing to have him come back already. Uh, we saw that he was back in preseason, so I think you could, you should start Emmanuel Sanders here. And I would, I would hold off on you know, uh, Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton right now, unless you really need a deep flex play. And like I said, like a 14 or 16 team league, but in a standard 10 or 12 team league, I think it's Emmanuel Sanders and Philip Lindsay. And that's about all that you want to start on this team other than maybe the defense. I'm with you on that one. That That's going to do it for our week one preview, Dom. Is there anything you want to go back to anything we missed? Uh, no, I think we're all good. Hopefully everybody starts out the year, you know, one and oh, and you don't have to worry about catching up next week. That's good stuff, Dom. Dom, where can they uh, find you on Twitter, and where can they find your work? Yeah, you can find all my, all my work at fantasyhotread.com, as well as Roto Baller and Razball. Uh, you can also uh, find my rankings on Fantasy Pros on the ECR, and you can uh, follow me on Twitter at EnvisionFF. And you can find me, Tyler Jinsky, on Twitter at FFTylero. That's all we have for today, folks. Don't forget, tell somebody you love them. Later. Like the pine trees lining the winding road I've got a name I've got a name Like the singing bird and the croaking toad I've got a name I've got a name And I carry it with me like my daddy did But I'm living the dream that he kept here